This is the Alpaca Podcast for all things alpaca. If you're an owner, a soon-to-be owner, a want-to-be owner, or are just alpaca mad or love the fleece, welcome to the Alpaca Tribe. I'm Steve Hetherington. Hi, Steve here. With most things in life, it is important to get started well and have an idea where you're trying to get to. This applies equally to keeping alpacas. The Alpaca Tribe is for anyone who is passionate about alpacas and through this podcast we are wanting to particularly help people who have only a few alpacas or are in the process of considering keeping them. There are a number of issues to consider and things to put into place to allow you to get started in a strong way. More ideas and tips to come in future episodes. There are many people who have started the journey ahead of you and it's always good to learn from other people who have navigated the same issues. We recognise that there are also some people who are passionate about alpacas but are unlikely to ever be in a position to actually own some. The podcast is for you too and we hope you enjoy our talking all things alpaca. In this episode I'm in conversation with Tanya Russell She and her fiancé, Charles, have taken on a ready-made herd of 17 that the previous owner had to disperse but was delighted when she was able to pass them on as a group. It's not possible for everyone to cope with that scale when starting, but deep-end learning has its benefits too. We chat through a number of the challenges and delights Tanya has experienced, and hopefully you can gain insight and learning from her journey. An interesting additional dimension is that Tanya is a sculptor specialising in animals large and small in either bronze resin or foundry bronze. She has exhibited at the RHS Chelsea Flower Show and Hampton Court, RHS Chatsworth and RHS Cardiff too. Her work is on show at Pashley Manor Gardens, Cotswolds Sculpture Park and Court Robert Arts Sculpture Garden. Some of you will be pleased to hear she intends to try her hand at alpacas and that she also undertakes commissions. Details in the show notes. Enjoy the conversation. So, thank you very much for agreeing to meet up and talk about alpacas. It's my pleasure. And it's great to see you. And uh, the first question was really, when did you meet your first alpaca? I didn't actually meet alpacas until we decided to get them. So having decided that... Well, we went through a process of working out what we wanted to do on our farm and alpacas were the best solution I could find to not wanting to have animals that had to go through the farm animal slaughtering process. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, they're also really good environmentally. I discovered they don't poach the ground. They don't pull up grass, mm. etc., by the roots. So they, it, they work very well with the environmental projects we wanted to do on the farm as well. Great, yeah. And I loved what everybody said about their intelligence and their inquisitiveness. And I actually really liked the the community. As soon as I got into it, I was like, this is this is what I want. This is, I want animals as part of a community like this where everybody mm. seems to really care about and love their animals and share their experiences. So as soon as I... I kind of entered that world. I was like, "Yeah, this is this is what I wanted." Yeah, it is quite distinct. I think the yeah the kind of the community of oh, it's amazing, incredibly sportive. Yeah. And so, how did you get started with keeping alpacas yourself? 
So having decided we wanted them, um, it wasn't actually until we had kind of almost by default found a herd. <laughs> we only planned on getting a few, but then there was an advertisement for 17. And my mum actually were, uh, my mum very sweetly is giving them to us for our engagement present. Excellent. So Congratulations. She, thank you. She was very excited about getting them as well. We were going to obviously just get a few of them. And I saw an advert for 17 of them. And as a joke, I sent it to my mum, thinking that she would <laughs> laugh. And then she phoned me up a second later, absolutely over the moon with excitement. So wow. at that point, I realised we were probably going to be getting 17. <laughs> anyway, so yeah. I started sort of speaking to the lady who was selling them and then realised very quickly that I needed to learn something about mm. how to look after them. I obviously did a lot of research online and read books and all this kind of thing. But then definitely realised I needed some hands-on training. So went to Welsh Valley Alpacas mm. for a day. That's right. Um, had an amazing day. Incredibly useful. I had a lot of questions, which they very patiently went through. And yeah, just got a much better understanding of obviously all the different aspects of the husbandry and the caring of them. But also some really good practical experience and confidence just mm. in handing them and you know what they needed obviously it was a very start of a very long process um but it was a really good start yeah and it does go on it does. <laughs> you seem to carry on <laughs> having to learn new things not because uh you have to in, in, in one sense but it's just that there are so many yeah. different aspects and different um depths really of of, yeah. of knowledge for, for different things so you've got the basics sorted but then it goes to a deeper level and you can explore and, and go further in the things that, that interest you no absolutely i was quite panicked at the beginning because there just seems so much to know but actually the community is amazing and everything you need is actually there there are mm. courses available there is information you know the, the facebook forums are sure. fantastic people are so helpful with their advice um so, you know, I think there is the information out there mm. that you can get. Great. And had, had you had experience with livestock before? Not, no, not really. I mean, we had horses when we were young. Mm. Um, my sister is actually a vet, but she's a small animal vet. And I have discovered it's very different practice. <laughs> so it's been mm. useful talking to her, mm. but she's had to do the research as well. So that, that has given me some confidence and learning about how to look at drugs and you know it has helped yeah. somewhat but yeah i mean i've had animals but not had livestock experience as right. such so yeah so, so so what did it feel like then when you 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 got your 17 <laughs> here and you were now and people went away and you were now responsible for them it was pretty terrifying actually i have to say um i did feel very confident because yourself from welsh valley alpacas i knew was coming you came very soon up to our farm after we got them and that so I think if mm. I haven't had that, I would have definitely panicked. But I knew you were coming and you mm. would just check everything and make sure everything was okay. And we did some sort of basic things that we needed yeah. to do with them. So that was really helpful. Um, I mean, I've got a reasonably good setup here. So that was lucky. I think. Yes, I remember when when I came and realised what a lovely barn you had. Which we, we, <laughs> we, we've got a very nice stable, but it's it's a, it's a different scale of things. And there are times when I'm thinking, oh, oh a barn would be really helpful. Yeah, and, we uh, are very lucky with the barn. Yeah. And interesting, when we first came here, we assumed we might take it down because we didn't think we'd use it. But now, yeah, it's probably our most used space. Central, that's right. And how's it going? How many how many months have you had them now? So we got them last August. August, yeah. So, so it's just six months plus. Yeah. Thereabouts. 
It's going really well, actually. Really yeah. loving having them. Obviously learnt a huge amount more. Getting more of a sense of where we want to go with them. And that was a really big question for us at the beginning. And sure. one we didn't have an answer for, but assumed one would emerge, which it is starting to emerge. But, you know, we're still absolutely tiny babies, beginning of the journey. Um, but enjoying it. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, it is a journey and it is... Um, where you start will determine where you end up. And I think if, you, yeah. if you're going into um, things, so I, I mean, you mentioned already that what kind of initially drew you to the, the alpacas. Mm. Um, but I think there are, there are things that will, uh, if you're going to go into showing or into breeding or into uh, some of the other aspects, uh, or it's the fleece for the, for the final yeah. production, yeah. then there are certain choices you'll make along the way. Yeah. Um, but sometimes, as you say, you don't know. So yeah. starting in a sensible place that, yeah. that leaves the options open um, over time is, is a helpful thing. Yeah, but, I think but that's you, what we decided. But you do have decided. to have an idea of the direction you're going in, I think. Yeah, I mean, we're still... So working that through. Yeah, I mean, I, I think yeah. we're getting a general idea and we will start moving towards that, mm. um, which is helpful, but I'm certainly not ruling out that changing yeah. a little bit over time. Is there anything that surprises you about alpacas? Hmm. Interesting. Um, surprising. Things you didn't expect. Or an alternative question for you would be, is there anything you wish you'd been told before you started? Okay, yeah, no, that's... I, I think that the last question slightly plummets me because I'm really interested in animal behaviour. Mm. which was kind of what drew me to the alpacas as well. Right. That there was, you know, the Camelot Dynamics, and my sister does a lot of natural horsemanship with her horses, and, mm. you know, I love dog training and general animal training. I love that and understanding the animal and what they want and trying to kind of communicate with them in a way, you know, that is good for them and understanding their behaviour. That fascinates me. And alpacas are incredibly expressive, mm. and they let you know what they're <laughs> thinking and feeling. Um, and they... That's why I was slightly flummoxed by the surprise question because they are alpacas. They behave as alpacas should, and they do it mm. very realistically. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah. I'm, I think I'm not surprised by their behaviour, um, but I'm learning from them all the time. I wish, I think maybe the only thing I wish I'd understood more, which is, which no, actually, I think it's, it's useful learning curve that. You know, I do enjoy the uh, the working with them, the training of them, you know, just the, you know, that kind of communicating with them as such. So I think it's nice having animals that are responsive to that, do, do right. um, are not completely terrified. <laughs> you know, mm. some of the older animals that we got are lovely and, you know, and I've learned a lot from them, but I think because of their age and my time constraints I'm never going to be able to get them to a point where they're not going to be scared when I try and work with them just for basic mm. things like toe trimming and that kind of thing so yeah. if, and if I was running if I was running the farm for for fleas or for showing or you know for breeding quality career then that wouldn't matter but because we're keeping them because we really enjoy it and we want right. you know to have them that has become more important. Some of that 
probably is a is a as being patient and, yeah, and just no, give, sure giving it right. time. But it, I, you know, appreciate you saying you've, you've got time constraints. You're never quite sure if there's an older animal what their experience has been as to no, whether exactly. whether they've had some unfortunate experience, which has yeah. meant that they they're much more wary about somebody trying yeah. to, to to do anything with their toenails or whatever. But also, you've got um, a time for them to learn to recognise your intent yeah. is not to harm. Yeah. That they might not be ex- enjoying the experience of whatever you're doing to them, but they recognise behind that is an intent to to care for them and and. No, do, absolutely, do and I think they've having read the camera done every stuff. I you know I am giving them the space they need, and I think they are trusting you know myself and Charles now. You know they're mm. not they're perfectly happy us moving around them in the barn, so everything's absolutely fine. But it's just taking them to the next stage. Yeah, I think for each one would take quite a bit of time. Because I like to do it slowly. Yeah. You know, I kind of like the principle that you never push them beyond the point where they are scared. You know, so real mm. baby steps all the time. But that with that number of animals that are unused to that would take a lot of time. Um, yeah. It, it, it'll come over that. And of course, um, uh, I know, you know, you've got some pregnant ones and therefore the career will be arriving exactly. la- later, later in the year and hopefully in the warm weather. Yeah. Um, uh, never quite sure with our summers, but yeah. that's going to change the dynamics of things as well. Um, yeah, and they're so. definitely easier. I think because I'm. I think if I was really experienced and I knew what I was doing, I would certainly, you know, want. And I'm going to keep a few of the more challenging ones just, you know, for the experience because I really like the animals. Mm. But the the two young ones I currently have are a lot easier for me. At, with my knowledge, current knowledge level to work with. Right. So, so are there particular things working with the alpacas that you've struggled with that you're happy to talk about? Uh, <laughs> um, well, it's really that I don't, I don't like scaring animals. Mm. So because I haven't, I, I really want to do the Camelot Dynamics course. So I learn where that point is, where I'm pushing them to a place which is not detrimental to them mm. and will make them more fearful next time. And I don't know where that place is or quite what the signals are. That's why I'm saying I take really baby steps. Right. <laughs> um, so that that's what makes me the most anxious in working with them. I don't enjoy, and you have to do some stuff to them. You have to do them, you have right. to do their toenails. And I don't enjoy, I'm not looking forward to the shearing, I have to admit this year, yeah. because I can't bear the thought of them being that, you know, that distressed I appreciate you have to do it so my ideal would be to have all my animals so beautifully trained that they were they would float through the beautifully <laughs> into the barn and pick their yeah. feet up and stand whilst you that yeah. that's obviously you, I'm never going to reach my ideal but that's where I would prefer to go with it yeah yeah and I think it takes time but you can you can <laughs> you can you can move closer to that to that ideal I'm sure thank you <laughs> And in terms of, of some of the things that you've learned, some of the, 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 the questions you've had about how to, to do things or what to do, uh, what have you found is the best source um, of help there? So a combination of things, um, certainly just researching online. Um, there are a lot of resources. Definitely after I've learned a certain amount, if there's a, you know, obviously if there's a specific question, uh, that is related to their health, then I would certainly try and seek some veterinary advice on it because I definitely don't want to get it wrong. But then I would also 
having researched, if I still have a question, put a question out on the forum and people all search. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that's already been, you know, questions that have been asked. So actually, if you just do a search and look back through the forums, a lot of the questions have already been answered extensively um, and incredibly helpfully. So Alpaca Chat UK is the main one that I've been, I know there are more international ones. But yeah, so that's on Facebook, and then there's so the Facebook, yeah, Alpaca first, and there's, there's a, as you said, there's a number of them yeah. around, which is which is very useful. So that the information is there, but I, yes, and, and, I and think the people it is. connection with people yeah. as well, yeah, um, which which will come, which is good. So you're saying that your path in terms of the direction you're going with the alpacas is developing, is that yeah, I definitely be, think becoming it is. clearer, yes, um, and includes breeding to, yes. to some extent, so. Yes, that's, currently, that's, yes. That's a, an upcoming joy for later in the year. <laughs> yes. And a challenge as well, of course. Yes. One of the things um, that I know about you in terms of your background, mm. uh, working in, in, in sculpture. Yeah. Um, and I was just wondering whether you've got as far as doing an exploration of maybe doing something with, with sculpture in terms of the alpacas. I definitely would love to. Um, it's it is on the list. I so what, I, what what kind of stuff do you do? So I know anyway? I do animal sculpture. That's what I love. I do do a lot of commissions, which kind of I can't leave for too long. So I got a lot of commissions last year, kind of in May June, which I still haven't finished. They were supposed to be finished by Christmas. I have to finish those first, and then I'm going to try and get a month where I can do my own stuff. Um, hopefully in three or four weeks time. And what's the, what's the medium that you work in? So mainly modeling in clay or wax and then casting in bronze or right. bronze resin. But I definitely want to do yeah. an alpaca. I mean, they are so expressive and they're so beautiful. And yes, um, uh, it will be a challenge. Their mm. coat will be a challenge. Absolutely, yes. <laughs> I love when I, whether you, oh, they are so adorable. When you let them into a new field, and they do that incredible right. prancing yes. and run. And they literally spend half an hour to an hour just running around the field, looking, leaping looking, and looking skipping. And oh, it's just absolutely adorable. Yeah. So I'd love to do something like that. Yeah. And obviously that inquisitive look as well. It's yeah. incredible. Yeah. The reason for mentioning, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there listening who would also be interested <laughs> in you developing something. So maybe some commissions coming from that. Who knows? Oh. We shall see. But um, yeah, so it's... That's an interesting extra dimension in there, if you have the time. <laughs> yeah, no, I'd love to. Yeah. I mean, they are stunning animals. In terms of looking after the animals, have you got a daily routine that you follow? Yes. Um, I mean, the daily routine is not that arduous. Mm. So every morning, um, feed them in the barn. Obviously, so they're used to coming into the barn. Um, yeah. So, yeah, just some hard food. I do give it all year round just because a I like them to come in feel comfortable in the space I can check them all easily and I obviously want to be able to call them in when I need them so they get very mm. used to I make sure I call them every morning and so they get used to that sound and they come running which is very nice <laughs> very <laughs> useful and then I shut them in the barn in the morning and then normally every morning I will work with a couple of the animals so I'm currently there are six I'm working with, the two babies, two of the older ones who are particularly amenable and I feel more confident with, and two one-year-olds who are quite a bit more flighty and I'm still quite nervous of, but mm. I am working on them. Um, and they are responding, actually, all six of those are doing incredibly well. Good. And I right. definitely feel we are 
progressing. We have halters on four of them and two of them have started. And they're very comfortable with us, you know, kind of doing body scoring and picking up feet and that kind of thing. So normally each morning we have a set up in the corner of the barn uh, where we can open a gate and put them in a smaller pen. Mm. And you very helpfully <laughs> taught us how to herd them in. And we've got much better at herding them around and they're very used to now us moving them from place to place very comfortably and they've got very good at that. So we put a couple of them in the pen that we want to work with do a little bit of work with them with the food while the others are eating kind of around them so everybody's comfortable and we do use the food a lot I know there's some interesting information there around how much you use food during training I do find it quite helpful <laughs> <laughs> and they love it, it makes them very yeah. comfortable yeah. and want to come in so we normally spend yeah sort of 10-20 minutes just doing a little bit of training with a couple of them let them back out into the barn and then as soon as everybody's finished let them back out into oh, yeah. their field and then in the evening, I do feed them again, I bring them in. And then actually, because it's, if it's really bad weather, I will actually shut them in the barn for the night, yeah. leave the lights on. That seems to keep them happy as well. Yeah. And then, yeah, again, just let them out again in the morning. And that's the daily routine. Obviously, there are other things where I'm doing body scoring. Doing, and doing extras. All the extra well. stuff, yeah. yeah. No, it's really... Yeah, I think there's the, the, there is that familiarity that they they get, and therefore they, they understand what's being expected of them. Yeah, absolutely. And therefore they're much more relaxed about coming yeah. in and about going into pens and yeah, that kind of thing. And they're promising us some bad weather. I'm not quite sure what what's going to happen with this this winter and exactly when it's going to appear. But uh, is that going to be a challenge? I I'm hoping not. I mean, because we've got the big barn, I'm, I slightly worry about. I mean, the boys have got you know, reasonably nice shelter, they will, they definitely will not go in there if it's raining or snowing. They'll go in there in the morning for their food and the evening for their food and hang out generally when it's sunny in mm. there. <laughs> um, I'm assuming from everything I've read, I keep reading more, that they're pretty good outside. Obviously, I will keep an eye on them. And if anyone's looking remotely dodgy, just bring them in, put a rug on them or whatever. Up to now, they've been actually fine. Uh, the girls, I certainly will, because they've got the really big barn. I will keep them mm. in during the night if it's really bad weather. Yeah, and hope I think that's it's, okay. it's, it's having the, the the possibility of doing that is really helpful. Uh, yeah, I haven't I seen them to... in the snow yet, so hopefully. No, I, I oh, for me, my experience of I, it was going to be something of a blizzard, so um, I shut them in, and then they were in, and it was kind of mid mid morning, and and oh the, the blizzard stopped. And the sun came out. Yeah. I thought, well, I'll, I'll let them out then. And they absolutely and totally enjoyed playing Aww. in the snow. And you, you, I you, so I imagine that. It was like you're saying, put them out in a, in a fresh field. It was yeah, just yeah. like that. And they were fascinated with this Aww. stuff that was on the ground covering up the grass. And uh, they, were, they, they leapt in the air. They, they did sort of alpaca angels, <laughs> snow angels on the, <laughs> on the ground. They, they rolled on one side and they rolled on yeah. the other side and yeah. got these amazing shapes and, and stuff left on in the snow. And, and some of them, one of them in particular, she, she did a, um, she lay on the ground and, and a neck extended right out and mm. sort of like a cold shower kind of effect. And then she suddenly leapt to from that flat on the ground. Yeah. She suddenly leapt right onto her feet in oh, one one quick movement. Amazing. Uh, totally amazing. Yeah. So yeah, they like snow. Like uh, I thought they probably yeah, would like but, snow. But it, it gets a bit tricky after a while when they can't get access to the grass and they just no, of it can get very wet and very cold. And so yeah, I was imagining when the snow melts, that, yeah. it can get quite yeah. muddy. We keep having to put shale down. 
yeah. in our gate entrances. Yeah, but generally it's not too bad because the um, the fleece at this time of year is is longer and therefore they, yeah. get, they get more insulation. Yeah. Uh, from that. I think often, I'm most often, worried about the old get, one. We've yeah. got one quite old one. Sure, and the fleece isn't, doesn't grow as long then, does it? So. Yeah, I was worried. I was thought she wasn't eating so much the other day, but I body scored her and she was probably a bit too fat. In fact, very much too fat. Yeah. So I think I'm less worried about her now. <laughs> so in terms of keeping the alpacas, is there something that stands out as the best bit about keeping alpacas for you? Well, as I said before, I think it's the just the understanding of them and just really enjoying their, mm. their natures. I mean, they have wonderful natures. They are so curious and so sweet and just fascinating just mm. the way they behave and I can't almost it's not the predictability is not the right word but the fact that they they do have a very specific alpaca, alpaca nature and mm. the more you understand that the more you can kind of almost enjoy it and yeah and yeah i just i love that okay so if, if there was somebody who was thinking of getting their own alpacas going into mm. to keeping alpacas any key points of advice you might give them I don't really think it matters how you start. You know, I, I almost said start small, but actually I quite enjoyed the fact that I started, you, you know, with the 17. 17 of them. <laughs> Not for it, everybody, but it worked well Well, it gives worked, you a, well a bunch you. of yeah. experience and then, you know, you can kind of <laughs> narrow it down a bit. Yeah. I think it's just the learning, just try and trying to give yourself as much access to as much knowledge as possible. So you have as many choices as possible. Mm. Because then, yeah, you can decide for yourself, A, what direction you want to go into, or B, if something feels right or it doesn't feel right. The more knowledge you have, the more you can kind of trust your own instincts and actually just enjoy being with them. I mean, the, the, the kind of the stress and the panic at the beginning was not that fun. So <laughs> the more you learn, you know, I wish I had a bit more time and money maybe to do more courses earlier on. Mm. I probably would have had less stress if I'd done more courses before I even started. But again, yeah. I, I don't particularly regret, I've really enjoyed the experience and yes, it's been a bit stressful at times, but you know, it's been fun. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent, great. Well, thank you very much for sharing all those things with us My this pleasure. morning. And uh, it's been, been great to, to be able to be with you. Thank you very much. Thank you. It's always a pleasure to spend time with people who love alpacas, like Tanya and Charles. They're keen to learn, ready to have a go, and ask for help when they need it. All good ways to progress in the alpaca journey. Let me know if you have any questions or have a particular focus you would like us to cover. Thanks for listening. So, until next time with the Alpaca Tribe, I'm Steve Hetherington.